How's that? Um, uh, Still not great, I'm guessing. You want to just flick it? Flick it, Paul! Flick it! <laughs> you can see that your waveform's not moving. Yeah. Oh, no, yours has started moving. Ah! At my end, it's only moving just a little bit, though. Yours is moving a lot. Yours is bigger than mine. <laughs> That's not good. I can't get into settings either. Why can't I get into settings? Yeah! Oh, we are having some problems. Whoa! That looks better. Did you see that picture? Like, it's all smushed. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Now, let me just get the backup going, Paul, because this site is making me feel extremely nervous. Okay. Uh... <laughs> I just figured something out. It is entirely possible that the whole time we've been recording this, I've been using that webcam microphone and haven't known about it. <laughs> I have been so careful with this microphone, making sure it was so well positioned and everything was good. It's definitely been coming through the mic sometimes. <laughs> and it's coming from the webcam mic. Realisations today on the Book of Bottom. <sighs> Paul has a divine message from God. My whole life is upside down. I don't know what to believe anymore. Oh. <sighs> Here's wine. Have a wine. Hey, you're going to have to go into settings and disable the microphone on your webcam. Why? So that it'll select your microphone on your... Well, it seems to be working just fine through the webcam microphone, so... Oh, okay. You just want to do it like that? Yeah. Okay. All right, Paul. Well, I think after all the hassle we've had so far, if it's working... Right. Let's just let it work and do its thing. And let it go. Okay. Yes. All right. If we have something that works... Right. Then we just let it work. We let it work. Okay? Oh. If it ain't broke, I'll oh, break okay. it at some point. All right, Paul. Waiting for Paul, waiting for Paul. He's having some technical. There he is. Hello. Hey. Can you hear me now? Is it a clear enough signal? Oh, it's fine, Paul. It's all good. I can make anything work. All right. Yeah, whatever this is, then we're sticking with this. Aren't you glad you're doing this with me? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, little Miss Perfect. Seriously, though, I don't think that my perfectionism was the issue today. I think I'm pretty flexible today. It's, it's just regular computer issues today. So I buy a month's worth of subscription. I think, oh, this is great. This is so fantastic. Look at what this does. We get in there and we can't see each other. Yeah, you got to watch that. I'm going to have a chat with their support. I'm like, what the fuck? There wasn't any sort of way to test it for free before buying? There probably was, but that's okay. I'm impatient, Paul. Yeah, sounds like as good of opportunity as any to point out that we have a Patreon page, listeners. <laughs> Help us pay for quality microphones and recording services uh, by donating to Patreon, just $3 a month. Now, Paul. Yes. We all know you've just moved back to Brisbane. Mm -hmm. And you put a call out on your Facebook a little while ago. What up, peeps? I'm back in Brisbane. Mm -hmm. Hit me up. Yeah. So, who have you met in Brisbane since coming back? Well, first of all, I must note that even though you saw this post, you never said, hey, I'm free on these dates. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Paul. Yeah. Paul, I'm sorry. But uh, to all of my wonderful friends out there, some of whom we've been friends for decades, uh, fuck you. 
Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I meant nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, I've caught up with a couple of friends, but they didn't reply to that particular post. So. Oh, okay. Mm. So you have caught up with some friends. That's good. Yeah, but it seems right now my only friends are yourself, Patience, and our eight Patreons. Thank you to our Patreon listeners. Nine Patreons? Oh, we're under nine. Yeah. Oh, nine Patreons. Thank you, nine. We love you all. I think there might be a tenth soon too, but I won't shoot my mouth off. Ooh. All right. Well, you are my nine best friends and I love you dearly. (laughs) And everybody who is not a Patreon subscriber or my co-host, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, how's your week been, Sister Patience? Uh, I've had some ups and downs, I've got to be honest. But yeah. I'm feeling really good now. That's good, that's good. <laughs> I got productive today. I pushed aside all my feelings and got productive. Huh. <laughs> and then... What did you do? And then I had a sleep Yeah. and I woke up and I don't know if I immediately felt great, but I put on this really crazy Star Trek episode. It was just the next one in the series while I was sort of waking up. What series are you watching currently? The Next Gen. Ah, uh, but you've seen that before, haven't you? Years ago. Yeah, I'm re-watching it with Crispy. Ah, okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. So what happened in this weird episode? Well, I always hate the Klingon episodes because it's always just like, oh, here's a bunch of men bumping their groins around and, you know, basically having a giant penis length competition. Sounds like Earth. Go on. <laughs> really, they're just like Joseph Smith. Yeah. But I just started making fun of it like I usually do. When I first watched Trek, I didn't make fun of it. Hey, like I mm. was very serious about it because I was such an idiot. You were not an idiot, but you were definitely a hardcore Trekkie. Remember that time a man made fun of me? <laughs> She did some impersonation of me and I was talking all of this Star Trek horseshit. Yeah, actually, I doubt she listens, but this is a funny story. I was chatting to her not too long ago <laughs> and chatting about the old school days. And she was like, Oh, I, I didn't really like anybody in school. I was like, Oh, you always sort of got along with me. And she's like, Oh, well, I tolerated you because you were funny. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. And that was it. So when we finally take this stage show on the road and we're looking for reviews to put with the Book of Border <laughs> podcast, we'll have that as the neon headline. <laughs> Tolerate them because they are funny. You know, that's what I liked most about Amanda, that she just hated everyone, including me. She did. Something yeah. about that was just yeah. such a turn uh. actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had such a crush on her. <laughs> Uh, did you? Yeah. Oh, now it's coming out. Okay. I would have hit that too, to be honest. <laughs> oh, would you now? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And this is where we find out this was the first episode that she chose to listen to and <laughs> she's got. Oh, dear. Yeah, I remember in high school in drama, you did like this whole Captain Kirk speech thing for like one of your assessments. Did I really? You did Kirk. Oh, wow. Yeah. I remember doing a monologue from Faulty Towers. Yeah, I remember doing that one too. We, we did that. <laughs> Actually, you were really good as John Cleese, I must say. You do the grumpy... <laughs> hate the world person very, very well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Happy days. I don't think I hate the world. No, no, I will not hate the world, but just annoyed by people routine. That's probably more correct. <laughs> 
sometimes I am. Yes, yes. I think I'm learning to love them. Oh, really? Maybe. Oh, wow. Mm. Sister patience is evolving. Oh, I'm getting something. It must be because your bosom is full of the spirit from reading this book. Look what Smitty's done for me, Paul. Yeah, yeah. The burning in your bosom is making you tolerate people at a new level. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that wine is doing something good for you too, I imagine. Yes, yes. Well, I needed that. After a long day at work. You've been working hard, haven't you? I have. The new job, I've been trying to catch up and get on top of everything, but I think I'm there at the moment, so... Oh, really? Onward and upward. I was a bit concerned for a while that maybe you transferred into something that was just way too stressful and you just weren't making it. It's not stressful, no. It, it, it just took me a, a bit of time to get back on top of it all and get it all under control, that's all. That's good. Yeah, it's not stressful. This is a job that I, I know I'm good at. Ah. I've done it before and I rocked it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to rock it again, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we're going to rock it again. Yeah, we're going to rock it. I mean, you're going to rock it again. I won't be selling any sheds. No, uh, but... Uh, that was the royal we. The royal we. That's it. <laughs> if I ever go to Buckingham Palace, I'm sticking a sign that says that on one of the toilet doors. Yes, do that, Paul. That's a good idea. I like that. Yeah, all right. Hello, brothers and sisters around the world. Welcome to Book of Boredom with me, Brother Paul, and my co-host, as always, a woman who is so amazing, so fun, that I can't think of any title to throw at her this week like I usually do. So I'm just going to say, Sister Patience. Hey, Brother Paul. <laughs> Uh, every week I try to say something to kind of elevate you and, you know, kind of give you some sort of title. I'm drawing blanks this week. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just not that amazing. No, you are. But Maybe I'm just boring. I think I'm boring, Paul. No, no, hang on. How many episodes have we done now? This is the 30th episode. For all 30, I've had some sort of tagline to throw at you at the start of the show. That's right. Next week I'll be back onto it. I'll think of something clever and spontaneous. Oh, okay. This is just not my week for funny patience talk up <laughs> lines the woman who feels things there you go <laughs> that would describe my week there you go <laughs> and who is currently feeling nothing with my co-host sister patience who feels things except when she doesn't and she won't feel you <laughs> Oh, Christ on a cracker. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Eh. Mm -hmm. Well, on that note, should we do some reading? Should we check out this little bookie walk? Uh, let's do the bookie walk. Of course, that's the title by what's-his-face of his book, isn't it? Russell Brand, yeah. That's it. I got a comment out of Christy. She likes a bit of Russell Brand. Oh, does she just? Probably not in that way, but she likes his humour sometimes. Yeah, okay. He went kind of crazy, though. Yeah, he's into woo-woo shit now, and Christy doesn't like that. Yeah, he's very, very woo-woo. Yeah. Why did he have to go woo-woo? Woo-woo! <laughs> what is wrong with me? Uh, are you sure you're not the drunk one this evening, Sister Patience? I don't know, Paul. Maybe I'm bipolar. Oh. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, bipolar. You like to do it with bears. I knew uh, it. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's what they're calling it now. Bipolar. Are you uh, bipolar too? Everyone's a bit bipolar. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just a manic depressive with an alcohol problem. I'm not bipolar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really manic depressive? No. No. Just people in your family are. Yeah, yeah. 
But, uh, you know, medication helps with that. Anyway. Yes, it does. What chapter are you? It's 13 and 14. 13 and 14. Mm. And did we do 12 for you, sure? Well, let me hop onto our website, bookofboredom.com. Because I'm reading the first verse here, which is saying, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. I don't remember reading that. So when we were speaking with Leah, which was last week, we did 11 and 12. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. I've been paying attention. Wasn't that? a rad episode have you had a chance to listen to that yet yeah i did listen to it it was very good <laughs> that's right sorry you are correct i'm looking at the last couple of chapters now and we've got back to the cursed are they who breathe through their nostrils thing that's right we're not allowed to breathe paul yeah yeah that is correct okay well the good news is for all of those <laughs> of you who didn't enjoy isaiah and don't understand isaiah this week we are ripping off Isaiah once again. <laughs> yes, the most batshit crazy prophet ever to write any book in any of the scripture. Isaiah and lazy Nephi who has run out of his own ideas and just decided to copy. And Joseph Smith who, while translating air quotes, also got bored and thought, I'm just going to rip off Isaiah. He was so bored, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just know he was. You can see his concentration drifting as he's writing stuff. Yes. Of everything in the Bible he could have plagiarised, why fucking Isaiah, the most insane, <sighs> incomprehensible, just gibberish? He could have picked one of the cool ones. Yeah, that chick with the tent peg through the head. Exactly. No, no, everyone thinks Isaiah was some profound, really deep, in-to-God prophet guy. No, he was just fucking insane and possibly taking shrooms. <laughs> yes. But on that note, I cannot have shrooms while we're eating this and neither can you unless you are in certain states in America. So let's just read this and see if it makes sense without the shrooms, shall we? Yes, we have to see if we can bring this down to the people. Okay, everyone at home, this is going to be a challenge. Let's see if we can get through this because Isaiah at the best of times is mind-numbing. Does it say what chapter it is in Isaiah? Okay, yeah, we are comparing... Air <laughs> quotes. Isaiah chapter 3. Okay. And by comparing, we mean plagiarize. <laughs> That's right. A complete copy almost, except for the bits that Smitty wanted to change. Yes, yes. One or two words here or there to make it look like it's something different. Okay. Chapter 13, verse 1. For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts. Well, he's not just the Lord. He's the Lord, the Lord of hosts. He has a stutter, Paul. Does take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the staff, the whole staff of bread and the whole stay of water. Okay, so he doesn't just take the staff, he takes the whole staff of bread. No, no, and what does the whole stay of water mean? What is a staff of bread? What is that? Uh, is uh, it a staff made out uh, of uh, bread? What, one of those really big bagel things? <laughs> yeah. Baguette. Yeah, a big, massive French baguette. That is a staff, okay? So, you know, you get your six inch, your foot long, and your staff size. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. He just wanted to say he had a big staff. Yeah, yeah. Coming soon to Subway, the all-new staff of bread. <laughs> so, and Subway, we're looking for sponsors. You know, owe me $150 million. <laughs> and verse 2, the mighty man. And the man of war, the judge, and the prophet, and the prudent, and the ancient. He keeps saying and, but I feel like he's talking about the same person over and over again. The captain of 50, and the honourable man, and the counsellor, and the cunning artificer, 
and the eloquent orator. Ah, the eloquent orator. How many ands did you get in there? How many adjectives did you get to describe this person of whom Isaiah is speaking? Hmm. Oh, no, this is one of those bad verses again. This is not going to be good, Paul. I don't want to read this. Oh, no. Uh, okay. Oh, here we go. All right, all right. We do it because we have to. This was like that verse last week that I was like, oh, shit, no, that's not good. That's not good. Don't do that. We're going to have to read it because because it's there. We have to, we have to read it. Oh, fuck you, Isaiah. And I will give children unto them to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. Actually, that's not as bad as last week. That's not as bad as one last week. You said the word children. I did, and and I just expected the worst because I put religion and children together. And usually when that happens, bad shit comes from That's right. That's right. (laughs) 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 All right. And the people shall be oppressed. Oh, Isaiah, that's not very nice. Oh. <laughs> everyone by another and everyone by his neighbour. I don't want to live next to neighbours that oppress me. No, 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 that's worse than my crazy neighbour with the bin. Oh, what's going on with that? Is there an update? He has not come to the bin for a couple of weeks, to be honest. His bin is sitting in the backyard. Yeah, he hasn't been by for a couple of weeks. And is it full of clippings or is it just sitting there? Not yet. No, it's just sitting there. You know, it's funny. I ordered a bin, so I've now got two bins. I often think about, you know, maybe I should put one back on his side of the fence one week. So there's two. Just to fuck with him. And the next week leave zero. (laughs) Yeah, just to fuck with him. So leave him wondering what's going on. He'll think that they're multiplying. Yeah, yeah. They're having sex and they're making little wheelie bins. (laughs) And then they're running off together. (laughs) It's such a beautiful story, Paul. I know, I know. How did they meet? (laughs) (laughs) Oppressive neighbours, that's what brought us onto this topic. So let's Uh, get back. Oh, do we have to go back? Everyone by another and everyone by his neighbour. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient and the base against the honourable. Oh, what the fuck is he talking about? So in the last chapter he had that bad verse about kids. In this one he's now saying that kids are somehow going to rule and be in charge of grown-ups and stuff. Do you think he's trying to make up for the previous chapter? <laughs> oh, shit, I better say something good about the kids. Um, The kids are going to take charge for a while. Uh, I hope Isaiah didn't have any children. Uh, well, we know he didn't because he's not real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he never existed. Good point. When a man shall take hold of his brother, incest of the house of his father. Wow, really is incest. Yeah, this is some sort of really insane freeway going on here. Okay. <laughs> and shall say, thou hast clothing. <laughs> He's offering to take off his clothes, Paul. Mm, yeah, it's not often you find a human that's not wearing clothing, let's be honest, but okay. True. Be thou our ruler. Oh, he wants to be ruled. Oh, the strict machine. Isaiah wants to be a sub. He is not a dom, okay? He's a yeah. sub. You know, I was thinking the other day, listen to our episode, how many sexual references do we make in this show every week? I think most of them are my fault. Maybe I'm making up for something. <laughs> Pretty much the whole show is just ongoing sexual innuendo. Uh, so true. But the problem is they give us verses like this to make it so goddamn easy. I had breakfast with a friend from back in the day, our guitarist in our band. Yeah. Dan. Haven't seen him in years. I saw him once since coming back to Brisbane this last time a couple of years ago. And I saw him again the other day. It was really good to see him. And he might even hear this episode at some point. I don't know. But, um... <laughs> 
Oh, where was I going with that? There was something really great. <laughs> I swear tonight you were sounding like you are the drunk one, okay? Usually it's me who starts on some sort of funny story and then forgets what he's going to say and goes off on a tangent, but tonight it's you. We are doing a role reversal. This is what happens. When I get miserable, I usually then bounce back the other way for some reason. Oh, now, some would say okay. that that's bipolar swing, but I don't think it is. I think it's almost like a self-defense mechanism. I go to sleep, my brain will reset itself, and then I can deal with the day better. I don't know. And welcome to the Book of Counseling podcast with Dr. Patience <laughs> and Nurse Paul. Here to take your calls. We should do that. We are here to take your calls this evening. Call us in with your problems and we will uh, address them on air. We should have people with ex-Mormon relationship questions maybe write in and we can answer them on the show based on your extremely broad knowledge of ex-Mormon relationships. You are aware that other than drink alcohol and obtain sexual pleasure, I pretty much have no other advice to give anybody ever. Oh, come on, Paul. You've had so much experience. It's got to be able to share some of that goodness with us. Oh, no, but that's it. Feeling down? Drink alcohol and have sex. Feeling happy? Drink alcohol and have sex. Feeling lonely? Drink alcohol. Pleasure yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I should write a book. You should. Oh, what would you call it? Paul's Guide to a Happy Life. Sex Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter one, don't expect too much. Chapter one, get drunk and have sexual pleasure. Don't expect too much of yourself or anyone else. It's okay to be mediocre. Get drunk, have sexual pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, where are we? What hey, I seven, was right? telling you my story about that. Oh, oh, sorry, yeah, the story. We really digressed there. We're worse than Isaiah at staying on topic. So I invited him on the podcast because he's not a Mormon, right? He's an ex-Christian. Right. I thought he would be a really great guest. And he would be a really great guest. And Dan, if you're listening to this, please be a guest. Come on on, Dan. You don't have to be funny. You don't have to be amazing. Just come in here and we'll ask you some questions. And Yeah, I mean, we're not funny or amazing. We've been doing this for nearly a year. Come on. That's right. We're not funny. I just edit it really, really, really creatively. The funny is in the edit. <laughs> And it takes all week. Anyway, he said that he'd listened to the first episode and I'm like, oh, okay, I can't really remember exactly how that went, but it gets better. And <laughs> we made a joke about that. <laughs> and then I said, oh, in a few episodes, it gets really raunchy. And he's like, oh, it does. <laughs> Do you remember that first episode where we just went really dirty with it? And then it yeah. just didn't stop after that. <laughs> we found our niche. Quite frankly, found our group. We found our people. Thank you, Paul. We didn't start to get our entire 10 Patreons until we started to get 30. <laughs> you know, I was thinking that. What's funny is the people you're talking about, we met because we tried to be a Christian rock band together. <laughs> yeah. And now everyone involved with that Christian rock band is not religious and not Christian. No, that's not true. Oh, sorry. One of them wasn't particularly firm in the faith at the time, and now they got married and have had a slew of kids and are pretty firmly in the church. Okay. Mm. What instrument did that particular person pay? He was the drummer. Okay, we can get another drummer. we got a Ringo lined up. We've got a drummer already. Drummers are easy. I'll play drums, Paul. I know you do. I know you do. So <laughs> what I was going to say is we need to get this ex-Christian band together to be like the non-Christian band together. The anti-Christian band. The anti-Christian band. I love it. <laughs> 
because as Hank Hill once said, Christian rock doesn't make Christianity cooler. It makes rock and roll worse. I sometimes still listen to some of the old Christian stuff that I used to like. Oh, do you? Do you? I remember you trying to introduce me to some of that stuff. Yeah. Oh, back in the day. Well, I don't get too stuck in the past, but if there's something I like, I'll listen to it. Mm, anyway. Actually, it's interesting. I've added a whole bunch of Christian shit to it, and slowly I've just been removing it from my playlist. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, at the conclusion of recording this episode, I'm going back to Slayer. That's the way. Go back and slay, Paul. Yeah, you clearly don't know who the band Slayer is, do you? I know they're a band. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any of their music. They're affiliated with Satan. Oh, are they? Yeah. They must be awesome people. All the best bands are affiliated with Satan. That's right, because he doesn't exist either. Yeah, but his followers are so much cooler. <laughs> All right, verse 6. Thou hast clothing, be thou our ruler, and let not this ruin come under thy hand. Oh, he's calling his dick the ruin. That's not nice. Or the ruler. Oh. Oh, no, anybody who wears clothes is a ruler. I guess clothes were expensive back then. Yeah, they must have been. Everyone was <laughs> naked, apparently. Verse 7. In that day shall he swear like a motherfucker, <laughs> saying, I will not be a healer, for in my house there is neither bread nor clothing. Make me not a ruler of the people. Why would he have no bread or clothes in his house? I don't They're like know. fundamentals of life. It floors me. For Jerusalem is ruined and Judah is fallen because their tongues and their doings have been against the Lord to provoke the eyes of his glory. You know, that's the best thing a tongue can do. Something against the Lord. Mm, and provoking glory. Oh, so much morning glory. Yeah. The show of their countenance does witness unto them and doth declare their sin to be even as Sodom, and they cannot hide it. Woe unto their souls. Woe! So they have rewarded the evil unto themselves. Okay, read away verse 10. Say unto the righteous that it is well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Uh. Not quite the fruit I was after. Uh. I like apples. Yeah, I don't think that's what he's talking about. I don't like Apple products, though. The fruit of their doings. Does he mean poop? Oh, the fruit of their doings. Are they eating their own poop? Well, being in a religion is a lot like eating your own shit, isn't it? Hmm. You just eat it up and the minister feeds it back to you. It's like human centipede, Jesus style. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right, well, let's see what verse 11 has for us. Whoa! Whoa! Unto the wicked, for they shall perish, for the reward of their hands <laughs> shall be upon them. The reward of their hands. Yeah, I'm only picturing one thing right now. Yeah, yeah I think we're all in the same place, yeah. Yeah. Some sort of reward that you can get with your own hands. That's we right. all know where we're going there. Yeah. Let's be above that this week. Every other sexual act is okay, but not masturbation. No, no, let's be classy this evening. As you just pointed out not long ago, after only a few episodes in, this whole thing has been pretty much just non-stop sexual innuendo. It has. And immature schoolboy humour. Oh, I wouldn't want to be a schoolboy. <laughs> no, no. Let, let's move beyond the adolescent humour and, you know, let, let's be classy. All right, Paul, teacher Paul. Yeah. Are you going to discipline me, Paul? Are you going to bend me over? No, I'll teach you a lesson with my own hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, gee. Gillian Keenan wrote this really awesome book about spanking called Sex with Shakespeare. You all should read it. It's fantastic. It was awesome because it included amazing analysis of Shakespeare, all while showing us what Shakespeare really meant as far as the dirty side of it. (laughs) Full of innuendo. Innuendo. Paul, you look like you've seen a ghost. Did you just get a bad message? No. You sure? I'm cool. You sure? Yeah. Wasn't something disappointing? Yeah. Can you hear the drums? You're disappointed, aren't you? You got a bad message, didn't you, Paul? No, I'm good. Paul, Paul. No. Paul, tell us about it. Share your thoughts. I've forgotten where we're at. (laughs) I had a really funny joke there I was working on and it's gone. I'm sorry, Paul. Did I fuck up your joke? I fucked up your joke, didn't I? I don't know. It was probably me. Oh, I'm sorry, Paul. But anyway, where where the fuck are we up to? Okay, we just finished verse 11 because they had the reward of their hands shall be upon them. Then we decided we were going to be classy. That's right. All right, one more verse and then it's over to you. Okay. And my people, children are their oppressors and women rule over them. Oh, do you promise? Oh, my people, they who lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. I almost read that as pants. <laughs> Pants would make more sense, quite frankly. Yeah, it would. Verse 13. The Lord standeth up to plead and standeth to judge the people. Why does he need to stand to do that? I thought he sits down to judge. And why does he plead? Yeah. It's meant to be the people pleading to God because he's doing the judging. He shouldn't be doing pleading. Isaiah's confused. The Lord will enter into judgment with the ancients of his people and the princes thereof, for ye have eaten up the vineyard and the spoil of the poor in your houses. Why are they eating people in poor houses with vineyards? That sentence is too long for me to keep track. He starts off talking about princes and stuff and then he ends up talking about a vineyard with spoil. And it's just too much. So they've taken all of the poor people's stuff off them? Is that what he's saying there? They've eaten the vineyard, the spoil of the poor? Mm, could be. How do you like them grapes? What mean ye? Ye beat my people to pieces! Julian oh. <laughs> Keenan! And grind the faces of the poor, saith the Lord of hosts. <laughs> Wow, grind the faces. They're grinding the faces in their groins, aren't they? Moreover, the Lord (laughs) saith, because the daughters of Zion are haughty (laughs) and walk with stretched forth necks and wanton eyes, walking and mincing as they go. (laughs) Mincing? And making a tinkling with their feet. Oh, my God. Okay, so once again, once again, okay, we're only seeing reference to women in negative context. I don't know. This sounds kind of hot. Mincing? What does that mean? Is that like when you walk with a sway? So the daughters of Zion are haughty. Oh, that's okay. Amanda was haughty. (laughs) Now, I don't know why women would have stretched necks. Hmm. Walking and mincing as they go. Now, I see mincing there as doing the haughty, dirty walk. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. They've got their wanton eyes. Now, I thought wanton was a type of Japanese food, but obviously Me not. Me too. There's wontons there. Yeah, wonton soup. Yeah. They've got wanton eyes, which I am assuming in Isaiah talk means they have CFM eyes. <laughs> yeah. It took me a while. Uh, 
CFMI's Come Fuck Me Eyes, for those of you listening at home. So basically, the daughters of Zion are hot. They're walking, strutting their stuff with their CFMI's, mincing as they go, and there's a tinkling with their feet. Yeah, what's going on there, Paul? Tell me all about it. Well, there's a springing their step. The daughters of Zion are all dressed up to the nines. They're about to hit the town. They're confident they're going to break some hearts tonight and have some fun. You're thinking too pure. They're getting ready for a night out. It's too pure. The night out is only just starting. Paul, that is not a twinkling in their feet, meaning that they're just happy to go out. They are definitely peeing on their feet. Oh, is that how you read it? That's how I read it, and it has a double effect. Okay. For one reason, it's to keep Tinia away, okay? Because this yeah, is the yeah, ancient yeah. times. Oh, yeah, because I said twinkling, but it definitely say tinkling, it doesn't it? Tinkling. I'm sorry, I'm with you now. Yeah, it's a, ah. a tinkling with their feet, not a twinkling. A twinkling is different. Tinkling, yes, you're correct. They are pissing on their own feet. It doesn't say what they're then doing with the feet. I'm assuming there's a second party there because there wouldn't be much point in just pissing on your feet and then just leaving it at that. Well, they're too busy out on the dance floor being haughty that they don't have time to go to the ladies' room, so they're just letting it go. That's it. Figured it out. There's a reason why you start studying astrophysics. Oh, yes, yes, that was very astrophysical. There's a reason why I only did a Bachelor of Music. (laughs) (laughs) And where are we? Therefore, the Lord will smite with the scab the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will discover their secret parts. Holy fuck, he's going to discover their secret parts, Paul. So hang on, God who created everything and everyone didn't know about girly parts before this? No one knows about girly parts, Paul. Uh, No, I've I've seen a few. I I think I know a little bit. Oh, okay. What's your knowledge like, though? Well, I know a lot about the external part of female parts. Oh, okay. My knowledge of the inside of women's parts is a little bit limited, admittedly. It gets confusing, doesn't it, Paul? Yeah, yeah, but I would hazard a guess that I knew more about it than Isaiah did and more about it than Nephi did. Probably, yes. And according to this, I know more than the Lord does because he's only just discovering them in this verse. (laughs) It's like the Lord's suddenly like, oh, crap, I made this shit. Better have a look and see how it works. Oh, my God! Better give her an example. (laughs) What is that? (laughs) What's he doing with the scab? I don't know. Is scab the crown? There's no punctuation there. So it's with the scab, the crown of the head. Okay, that is so grammatically incorrect and insane. I know, right? He could say, he could swipe with a scab, comma, the crown of the head. So he's putting a scab on the heads of the daughters. But there's no grammar there. It doesn't make sense because after the smiting, the scab comes as a tealing. You don't put a scab on there to smite them. But also, to like say the crown of the head is like the top of the head, right? Yeah. And he's saying he's just going to put a scab on there. Yeah. What the hell kind of cursing is that? I don't know. Is he just like, yeah, I'm going to put a scab on the top of the heads and it's going to drive them so crazy they're going to be scratching it they won't be able to do their <laughs> hair up properly. And <laughs> Fuck you, daughters of Zion. <laughs> and verse 18 now. In that day, the Lord will take away the bravery of their tinkling order <laughs> and calls and round tires like the moon. What the fuck? fuck is a call? Brown tires like the moon? What is he on? What is that? Is he talking about earrings? I don't know. Brown tires like the moon? He wants them to slim down because they've got a spare tyre, Paul. They didn't have tyres back then. <laughs> what the fuck is what tyres doing in there? <laughs> Even in Joseph Smith's time, they didn't have tyres. <laughs> That's so is weird. Is it meant to be tears? I don't know. Different tiers and levels. And what's a call? 
C-A-U-L-S. Let me look this up. The piece of membrane that can cover over a newborn's head and face. Oh, gross. The more we try to figure out what it means, the less sense it makes. <laughs> yes. Good point, Paul. Super bonus to you. The next three verses are very short. Okay. The chains and the bracelets and the mufflers, the bonnets and the ornaments of the legs, and the headbands, and the tablets, and the earrings, the rings, and nose jewels. Back to you, Paul. The changeable suits of apparel, and the mantles and the wimples, and the crisping pins. <laughs> The glasses and fine linen and hoods and veils. He's basically right now describing a woman's clothing store. I think so, yeah. It's like he's walked into a women's clothing store and he's like, wow, bracelets, chains, apparel, wow. He wants to wear them. He wants to cross-dress. He's loving this. He's amazed at how beautiful it all is and he wants to try it out too. Why should the men have such boring options, right? Exactly, exactly. Mm. And it shall come to pass, instead of sweet smell, there shall be stick. And instead of a gurgle, a rent, and instead of well-set hair baldness, Aww. and instead of a stomacher, a girdling of sackcloth. A stomacher? Burning instead of beauty. Uh. What the fuck? He has a way with words, doesn't he? What the fuck is a stomacher? Oh, it's like a girdle. Isaiah didn't like girdles, apparently. He didn't like a lot of things. He tried to be more full-figured cross-dressing. All right. So basically he's saying there everything that women like is bad. He's just such a party pooper. You're wearing glasses, sister patients. You're wearing glasses. He sends glasses in there. I might take them off. Hey, my eyes are sore. Uh, Isaiah does not approve. Oh, that's better. Oh. Is it though? I hope so. Is it because Isaiah said so? I think that Isaiah is getting to my eyes. He's shot himself in my eyes too many times and I just can't handle it anymore. It's starting to sting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, let, let's see how he finishes this off. All right. Thy men shall fall by the sword and thy mighty in war and her gates shall lament and mourn and she shall be desolate and shall sit upon the ground. Okay. All right. Let's do chapter 14, which is going to be one of our shortest chapters ever. Thank Christ. Ah, uh, short is sometimes good, Paul. And this one here is compare, <coughs> plagiarize Isaiah 4. Take us away. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man. Oh, I like the way this is going. I'm not complaining yet. What a lucky man. Yeah. Oh, if only seven women could take one woman. Oh, oh, oh. Well, maybe once all the men are taken, there'll be seven women left over for you. Left over for patience. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Shall take hold of one man saying, we will eat our own bread and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach. Call me by thy name. <laughs> Seven women are going to one man and basically saying, we will look after ourselves if you marry us and let us take on your name. Uh, hell yeah. Why is this a bad thing, guys? I, you know, men across the world should be there going, hang on, hang on, not even one woman looks after herself. I can have seven women that look after themselves. Sign me up! But that's how Brigham Young did it. He, like, got all his sister wives together and they kind of looked after each other. No, no, was, yeah, no, he had 40. That was, yeah, that was... More than 50 by the end, but he didn't look after them all and quite often they would get together and look after each other. Yeah, okay. He was just off sowing his wild oats. Yeah, he was too busy trying to find the next wife. 
wife. Pokemon wives is what I call it. It was the thrill of the chase for Brigham. Once he married them and consummated, where's the fun in that? I've got to find another one. Get back in the shed with the others. <laughs> hey, Paul, have you been writing some good jokes for the race? I've been working on some, yes. That's good. <laughs> But for now, let us get back to this orgy that Isaiah is about to tell us about. All right. In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious. Oh, he has such a beautiful branch. And the fruit of the earth, excellent and comely to them. <laughs> <laughs> that are escaped of his pants, I mean Israel. And it shall come to pass that they are left in Zion, which no one knows where it is, and remain in Jerusalem, we know where that is, mm. shall be called holy, every one that is written among the living in Jerusalem. That doesn't sound like a sentence. It, uh, mm, uh, when the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of flaming fire by night for all the glory of Zion shall be a defense. And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assembly. Who's the her there? And what's he doing with her assembly? Is Zion a woman? Assembly required. Zion is a really hot woman. That's why every man wants to end up in Zion. But she requires assembly, Paul. It's like he's putting together an android. No, no, no. Assembly basically means that, like, there's a long lineup. Right. You know, like, there's a big assembly of men lining up to get into Mount Zion. Oh, they're lining up to get into <laughs> her mount. Oh. That's exactly what that is saying. I have just decided the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assembly, a cloud of smoke by day and a shining of flaming fire by night. Oh. For upon all the glory of Shalom shall be a defense. And there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and for a place of refuge and a covert from the storm. And the Okay, saying uh, A covert? What the fuck? He's just been talking about all these bad things that women do. Mm. And how women will be begging men to marry them and take them on. And then he's saying Zion is a woman. What the Zion? What are you smoking? And can I have some? Okay, here's the problem. What's the problem, Paul? We're ending this on a very confused place again. <laughs> we've had a few chapters now where we've ended on this complete kind of bewilderment. I know what'll be fun. Tell us about your love life, Paul. I'm sure it's got some amusement in there. What's going on? Well, as we discussed earlier, uh, you take care of yourself in some ways. <laughs> Oh, we were trying to stay off that topic. Yeah, yeah. No, Come on. But I'm trying to find Come the verse again so I can repeat it. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. I have wonderful people who love me. That's good. <laughs> How's your love life, Sister Patience? <laughs> yeah, since you're asking me, let's try. <laughs> oh, Paul, I feel things. Ah! <laughs> All I'll say is my love life is a lot better on payday. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I'm still waiting for the seven women to come to me and say they'll look after themselves if I just marry them. That's so in line with Mormon ideology, though. My house is dirty. Bring on my seven wenches. It's absolutely no wonder that Smitty included that in his book. I wonder if that was intentional or if he was just winging it. No, no. He saw that and he's like, ooh, any justification I can get for multiple wives, the better. Yeah. What I don't get is they reckon he had a lot of charisma and he 
was probably good looking, but when you look at some of the artist's impressions of what he might have looked like, it's fucking ugly. I know, but have you seen any pictures of people from that era, though? None of them are good looking. Have you seen Brigham Young? He was all right. Oh, you thought Brigham was all right, did you? Have you seen a picture of him? Well, uh, doesn't do it for me, but, you know. Not as an old man, but as a young man. I oh, know the pictures you're talking about. Yeah, he wasn't a good-looking guy. There we go. See that? Yeah, I've seen that one. That's not a good-looking bloke. He looks like a creep. Well. All you need to do is put a number underneath and it's a mud shot. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, I digress. Look at paintings of people from, like, the 17 and 1800s. Mm. None of them were good-looking. No. They were all ugly back then. Good-looking people didn't start to happen until the 1940s. That's right. Good-looking people don't just happen, Paul. Yeah. They have plastic surgery. Yes. It took thousands of years <laughs> of evolution before humans started to look good. Okay? And the human form obtained perfection mm. in the late 70s and early 80s when myself and patients were born. And then I perfected it more later. A little bit of help from Dr. Nip-tack, but let's just keep that under the... Under the uh, uh, would you ever have a plastic surgery for any reason? No, no you can't beat perfection. That's right. <laughs> no, I'm not into that. You wouldn't, would you? No, you no, just wouldn't. no, no. How could you fix this body? I mean, seriously. I'd starve it for a week at least. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Everyone out there that's on a diet at the moment, I feel your pain. Good luck. I've lost five kilos this month. I'm doing okay. <laughs> and there's a book that explains why it's so hard to lose weight for everyone called The Pleasure Trap. And you might want to look that up. It talks about evolutionary psychology and it doesn't really give you an answer on how to get around it, but at least you know what you're up against when you try to lose weight. It's tough. It's really hard. I know, I know, I know, because everything I love makes me fat. Exactly. I have to do things I don't like to lose weight and I don't like to do things I, I don't, don't like. like. To do. <laughs> do you ever do women you don't like to do? Uh, not for a while, but you know. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. sometimes. Sometimes. When you're in a drought and there's the right amount of alcohol involved, who knows? Yeah. Once again, I'm sure my family don't listen to this show, so. <laughs> No one's listening. <laughs> no one's listening. We're just talking amongst ourselves at this point. Dan isn't listening. Amanda's not listening. But on that note, thank you to those of you who are listening and our Patreons. Thank you for coming on this journey with us. <laughs> Any final remarks? What have you learnt from tonight's chapters? Okay, there we go. <laughs> Here's my concern. Quite often when you do something that's humorous, you know, they come to a point where the audience is kind of like, yeah, you've done that joke before, <laughs> give us something new. The problem we have with reading this book and trying to be funny is the book is so goddamn boring and repetitive oh, no. that it is so hard. It's not that we don't want to make new jokes, it's just everything's the fucking same. This is why it's so important to have a guest. Yes. Because it just injects something different. Yes, a different perspective. I tried to convince Christy to be our guest guest but she wasn't having a bar of it oh what was the reason just that it's difficult to record two people in the one room because there'll be crosstalk and the edit will be bad and you don't have another room in your place do you well one of us could go in the bathroom but it's a bit shit isn't it <laughs> we could sit on the shitter and shit while we're doing the podcast that's what we could uh, do uh, we need that we need a live shitting podcast <laughs> okay <laughs> This is not German porn, Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but no, no, because every time we read something that's particularly bad, you can make like a pooping sound <laughs> person in the toilet. Yeah.
just a flushing the toilets out. Yeah, yeah. Every every time the book is particularly bad, it's like boop, flush. There should be a flushing at the end of each episode. There we go. Add the flushing sound effect. I like this recording early thing. We should do that more often. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it as long as I get home, home in time. But anyway, anything you want to add? Have we come to any conclusion from this week? I come to the conclusion that one day all the people I love are going to die and that makes me sad because there is no heaven. I think that's why people want this shit to be real. They want there to be some sort of celestial thing on the end of the rainbow that they can go to and they're going to see everyone again. If I plan to live a long life and I do because I'm the healthiest out of all of them, probably all my friends are going to die. I'll probably be at your funeral one day, Paul. That makes me sad. Get healthy. I want you to stick around as long as you can, okay? Oh, shit, I'm feeling things again. (laughs) I have awesome plans for my funeral and my death. Uh, I'm having a fun Earl, not a funeral. A fun Earl? Oh, tell me more. I refuse to let it be a bad experience because I spent my whole life trying to make people happy, trying to make people laugh. And my funeral should be the same. So I'm not having a traditional funeral. You're not going to the gravesite. You're not going to the cemetery, whatever. All of my friends and family who are left are going to go down to the bar, have a couple of drinks, share some stories. Dressing up in superhero costumes is encouraged. And I just want everybody to talk about the good things I did and the happy things and just celebrate that. I'll be there. And then I'm giving my body to science to play with. (laughs) And do whatever they want. Okay. Oh, I better enrol in a course now. <laughs> the coolest thing ever, okay, and I really want to do this, is you can get these little urns that they put ashes in huh. that you bury in the ground and they grow into a tree. Okay. You want to talk resurrection or reincarnation, that is the literal form of it. It's your atoms mesh with the tree mm. and you become a tree. That is what I want to have happen to me. I want to get the android upgrade and live forever. Well, there you go. But you don't even like life. Ah. Uh, you lament your own existence. You wish you didn't exist, yet at the same time you're saying you want to live forever. It's confusing, isn't it, Paul? Here's the thing. Like, let's say I can live forever and everybody else chooses not to, and all the people that I know and love are just going to leave me. I'll be the one person left living. That's really fucking sad. You'll find new people to love. Mm. Lots of love out there. I guess. Lots of love. That's just like looking at people, though, like they're replaceable. It's just like, oh, well, I'll find somebody new. Yeah. Uh. By the time we're old enough, though, we'll probably just be able to upload our personalities into, like, a hard drive or something and kind of live on that way. Hmm. You know, and when our loved ones want to remember us, they're just going to click on the program and it's like, hey, Sister Patience is back. Or, 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 okay, what you really need Mm. is Jesus to come back and Mm. give you, like, one of those wishes like the disciples. Ah, genie Jesus. Yeah, we need genie Jesus to come back and you need to say, okay, I want to be like John the Beloved in those three Nephites. Ah. And then you can all go hang out in the cave somewhere and share stories. I dream of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so, see, here's what I think. Uh, if, if we're going to go down this philosophical rabbit hole, okay? Hey, let's do it. I, I, I'd be happy to live for a long time, mm-hmm. but I don't want to live forever. And the reason is if you live forever, there isn't the timeline to actually do stuff. It's like you're always going to be there. If you know there's going to be an end, you make the most of what you have while you have it. If there is no end, it's like, what's the point of doing anything? It's like, oh, I can do that in another hundred years or whatever. You know? Like if, if you know there is going to be an end, then that gives you a bit more purpose. 
I can understand that. That's probably one of the better explanations of having some sort of motivation for doing life. And it's a completely atheist explanation. So fuck you, God. That's the attitude I've taken since I became an atheist. Like, all I know for sure is I exist now. Yeah. And one day I won't exist. So I'm just going to make the most of the time when I exist. I've said those very words myself. I'm trying to live them. It's difficult. In the words of Queen, who wants to live forever? I'm not Freddie Mercury and I never will be. <laughs> well, we've gone down a philosophical rabbit hole this evening. This has been this has been good. Listeners, let us know what are your thoughts? Do you want to live forever? Do you want to live for a short time? Uh, what are your thoughts on euthanasia? Voluntary assisted dying. Why not? Let's just go there. Let's talk about the end of our times, everybody. Oh, I can't wait. Yes. Comments in the chats. Come on. We want to hear from you people. Let us know. <laughs> what do you want to have happen? How do you see your future? Let's get all philosophical here because let's face we are more profound and deep than Isaiah could ever hope to be, especially when he's not on his meds. Yeah. Well, anyway, suspicious. Should we wrap it up there then? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Been all sad this evening. <laughs> Been a pleasure as always, and thank you for listening, those at home. Keep staying with us. Keep it spiritual, and until next week, in the name of our Lord and Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.